Hello and welcome to the Perth De La Prem podcast. This is your host, Mike, and today I'm joined by Michael and Gareth. How you going, Gareth? Good, mate. How are you? Yeah, good, mate. Bit all over the place. Been up since three o'clock because of the Champions League, so uh, you, your shoulders might be sore today after carrying me through this podcast, but That's anyways, right. how's it going, Michael? Yeah, not too bad, Mike. How are you? Yeah, good, mate. The hissing snake. The hissing snake is back. All right. So, big, big show today. Um, we're obviously going to be looking at the results across the Premier League. A couple of big games to, to have a look at. And obviously, we've got had another manager sack. Feels like that happens every time we get on here now. Um, going to bring back the rapid-fire stats because, obviously, last time out, we had the international break, so there wasn't too much to talk about there. Um, we're going to have a look at the league table, see how the golden boot's shaping up, but I don't think anyone's going to be surprised at that as well. Then we're going to bring back the 10 and 10, which Michael missed last time, but it was his idea. So it'd be good to see how he goes with that. Um, and then we're going to finish off with another little quiz testing the boys' Premier League knowledge. So, boys, just before we get started, um, you know, it, I was watching the Manchester derby the other day and I was looking at, you know, Erling, Erling Haaland obviously running right against Manchester United. And then I saw on the Manchester United bench, I saw the man himself, Cristiano Ronaldo, and it it kind of felt like a little bit of a changing of the guard. So, I mean, speaking of just Haaland, he scored 19 goals, 12 appearances, um, and obviously Messi and Ronaldo, undisputedly, the two best players in the world over the last decade or, or even more. So, you know, looking forward to the future, I'll ask you first, Gareth, who would you put in that bracket to kind of take the baton from Messi and Ronaldo? Maybe your top five players you think, those generational talents, those ones who are really going to be up there challenging for the Ballon d'Or and top honours in the next decade or so? Well, the obvious one's Mbappe. I think he's already up there. Um, do I think he'll reach the levels of what Ronaldo and Messi have done? No, I don't. Haaland might do it goal-wise, but I think in terms of being an actual all-rounded player, he doesn't come close to them either. The only one that I can I, I can think of only because I watch quite a bit, I do watch the Bundesliga a bit, is, is Musiala um, from Bayern Munich. I just think he's absolutely incredible. But I still don't think he's going to reach the levels of Ronaldo and Messi. I, I think we won't see that in, our, in, in the next generation because they were just so good. We probably, we, we might do, but for me, I can't see anyone reaching the numbers that both those two have personally. Yeah, I don't think as well, um, you made a couple of good points. I don't think it's going to be sustainable for any player, even if, say, Haaland and Mbappe continue the way that they're going, um, to sort of maintain those levels up over such a long time. Because, I mean, those two, it's just been them neck and neck. I, I guess you could probably see maybe a more balanced um, distribution of the Ballon d'Or in the next few years. But uh, what do you reckon, Michael? Trent? <laughs> uh, yeah, of course. <laughs> no, uh, Harlan and Bappe, um, I can't take anything away from them. They're the ones going to write the history books with goals and they're already starting to do that. Uh, touch on a bit different. They're not going to get the same uh, headlines per se as those two, but uh, say like Pedri or Bellingham, so in the midfield, uh, I can see them sort of be the Kevin De Bruyne, Iniesta's, uh, of the next 10 years. But again, they, I don't think they'll win a Ballon d'Or between them. Uh, I think they'll be uh, Mr. Haaland. <laughs> Mr. Haaland. I like it. And um, yeah, Gareth, you mentioned uh, Musiala as well from, from Bayern Munich. How gutted are you that he's not chose to represent England? Obviously spent time, I think it was Chelsea's academy when he was growing up. 
yeah, uh, absolutely heartbroken. Probably when it happened, I didn't think much into it because I hadn't seen a lot of him. But as I said, like, I, I watch a fair bit of Bundesliga. I quite enjoy the Bundesliga. And he looks like an incredible player. So I just think of having him in my midfield, kind of in that kind of 10 role. You have Foden, Bellingham. Yeah, I think that's better than, than what we've got. So gutted that he hasn't chosen them. But, I mean, I can kind of see why he's picked Germany over England. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he's even keeping some big names out of the team as well. But anyways, all right, let's move on. So we'll get into it. But uh, like I said, the rapid fire stats are back. So these are just stats that I suppose caught my eye from the weekend. And uh, they're all from Opta Joe. So cheers for that. But um, have a listen and then I'll get your thoughts on it. I'll get you maybe pick a couple that sort of caught your eye. Since the start of last season, James Madison has been directly involved in 26 Premier League goals, 17 goals and nine assists. Second to only Harry Kane, who has been involved in 34 goals and assists during that time. Leicester are just the fifth side in Premier League history to score three or more goals from outside the box in the first half of the Premier League game and are the first team to do so since Manchester United did against Watford in 2017. Erling Haaland had a hand in five of Manchester City's six goals against Manchester United, three goals and two assists most goal involvement by a player in a single Premier League Manchester derby. Since the start of 2020-2021, Manchester United have conceded four or more first-half goals in four Premier League games. Spurs in 2020, Liverpool in October 2021, Brentford in August 2022, and Manchester City last weekend. This is twice as many um, as any other side in this time. Harry Kane has now scored 100 away goals in the Premier League, and this has only come in 147 appearances. Leandro Trossard has just become the third opposing player to score a Premier League hat-trick at Anfield after Peter Nindel. All right, boys, I'll just read it out because I don't know what happened there. I was trying to save time. Um, all right, since the start of last season, James Madison has been directly involved in 26 Premier League goals, 17 goals and nine assists. The second most of any English player in that time. He's only second to Harry Kane, who's on 34. Leicester are just the fifth side in Premier League history to score three or more goals from outside the box in the first half of a Premier League game. The first team to do so since Manchester United in 2017 against Watford. Erling Haaland had a hand in five of Manchester City's six goals against Manchester United the most goal involvement by a player in a single Premier League Manchester derby. Since the start of 2020-2021, Manchester United have conceded four or more first-half goals in four Premier League games. First one was against Spurs in October 2020, then Liverpool in October 2021, Brentford this season, and Man City last weekend as well. So it's twice as often as any other side in this time. Harry Kane has now scored 100 Premier League away goals, and this has only come in 147 appearances. Leandro Trossard has just become the third opposing player to score a hat-trick at Anfield. William Saliba has won possession more times than any other defender in the Premier League. His 11 against Spurs was also the most of any player in the North London derby. And the last one, this is the first Premier League North London derby with either side top of the table since December 2007, which resulted in a 2-1 victory to Arsenal at the Emirates, thanks to a Lord Bentner winner. So uh, I'll start with you, Michael. Any of those stats that caught your eye? 
Uh, yeah, the Tottenham uh, Arsenal uh, staff from 2007. I didn't think it was that long. Uh, I know <laughs> Arsenal Wenger uh, had him uh, probably fourth position every match week um, for about 10 years. Uh, guaranteed in the FA Cup, of course, but uh, not being sort of title challengers, either first or second, um, on the Premier League table. Um, that's quite an interesting stat for me. Yeah, definitely. And uh, you, Gareth? Yeah, there was two for me. Um, the first one being James Madison. Um, I've been a James Madison fan for a while now. I actually had a conversation last season saying that he should be in the England squad and all my mates were like, no, nah, no way. And I think he's just gone to show that he deserves a spot, especially players like Mason Mount, Jack Grealish, who aren't performing as well as him, are still getting in over him, which I know Grealish plays out wide a bit, but you know, it's, it's a bit frustrating like that. The second one um, was Man United shipping four games, especially how the amount of United fans who I've heard going on about how Lissandro Martinez is this next like big thing. Um, but really, I don't, I don't really see that. Going on saying about how much better than Van Dijk he's, he's been. Yeah, he's what been in their team this season. They've already shipped four goals twice when he's been in the side in the first half. I've got a friend actually who said he's uh, Marcus Rojo 2.0 and I, and I agree with that. Marcus Rojo, what a legend. Yeah, James Madison, though, um, he's got five goals and two, two assists, so he's obviously like heavily involved in, in Leicester's goals at the moment. And, you know, he's playing in a struggling side as well. So it'll be interesting to see what Gareth Southgate does, but he just doesn't seem to be in favour. I, I don't think he's going to make the World Cup squad, but I think he's probably a little bit unlucky there. Um, and then, yeah, Manchester United as well. I, I mean, you boys, we asked me when we played golf last week. I, I wasn't that confident. I just something about it. I don't know. You think you think I was just messing around trying to prepare for the worst? Maybe I was, but I don't, I don't know. But um, yeah, it's a pretty poor stat by Manchester United, and I, I think we'll kind of touch on them there. And it's probably a good segue into the next section. So, um, starting with the results and the review from from the weekend, Manchester United. Are they, you know, I don't know if you boys saw the game, but. I was expecting a lot more from them. Are they just that bad, or are they, you know, did a City just a team that's going to wipe the floor with a lot of a lot of sides this season, even with Manchester United? So I'll start with you, Gareth. Um, I've watched United a couple of times this season. I watched them against Southampton when they were quite poor, but they managed to grind out a result. Um, they've definitely, I think, they've got better. I think defensively they're mm. still very open. Um, yeah, they kept a couple of clean sheets here and there, um, but. On that, I just think if you turn up against Man City and you're having an off day, you're going to get battered. Simple as that. With the options that they've got, you know, I'm looking what in a couple of weeks when Liverpool have got Man City. If, if Liverpool turn up and play the way they've been playing, I think they'll do the same thing to Liverpool. So I, I think it's a little bit more City are that good. There were some positives you can kind of take um, being a United fan. I, I think Anthony scoring again is a good thing for them. Um, even Martial, I know his goals didn't really mean anything, but he took his penalty really well and, and you know, he scored two. So hopefully he can maybe get in a little bit more of a form. It's just, it's just really strange. I, I, you know, I stuck up for Eric Den Haag last week and then Casemiro's still on the bench. You're playing McTominay. I, I just don't get it. Like, you know, Casemiro won a Champions League around with last year. Now he's sitting on the bench and can't get in the team over McTominay. It just, I just don't get it for me. That was one of my points that I had written down here as well. I, I don't know why Casemiro didn't start, and we'll probably touch on it in a bit more detail later on because it might be our game in focus. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, I don't know. My observation of the game, 6-3 kind of flattered United. I mean, obviously, Anthony scored a really ridiculous goal. That was a great goal. Can't do too much about that. And then obviously, the two late ones were, you know, City had brought on five subs and we had our new left back playing in, in defensive midfield. So it was a bit bit hodgepodge. But for me, I think, I don't know, they're still obviously trying to find what works with that side. Um, but Michael, I'll get your thoughts on it. I don't know if you saw too much of it, but. Yeah, I only saw a little bit of it. Um, I happen to agree with Gareth. I think City are that good at the moment, Mike. Uh, they shift the ball wide. Um, and then the, the, when the people get in the wide areas, you, are, you look into the box um, and they've got four or five people queuing up. Um, and then uh, Haaland's in, in, in prime position in the middle of that as well. Even he had a chance to pick up the umpires as spray, if you saw that, give it back to him and then run into the box before scoring. So, um, or creating a chance for that one, actually. Uh, so they're making it look really easy. Um, and they're going to win something major this year once again. Uh, I think United, same with Garrison, have improved under Ten Hag. A uh, couple of weird man- managerial decisions um, in such a big game. Do you play Ronaldo just for the experience, just for the name? Do you partner alongside further in the pitch of Casemiro? Again, why, why did he leave him out of that? Um, but I do think they still have a soft underbelly um, they can get at. Um, I think Brentford uh, tweeted at halftime or something uh, um, that the uh, 4 0 or something, the same as uh, Man City. So it's they had that. a little dig at him, um, which is quite funny, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, with Ronaldo, like I said, it's kind of like the changing of the guard, it feels like. But I don't think you can really afford to almost have him in, in a game like that. The way that they were sort of setting up, because they sat pretty deep and, and tried to hit us on the counter. But I don't know what else they could have done. I mean, yeah, I think they have improved as well, as you, as you both kind of said. But just kind of shows that they've still got a long, long way to go, which for me, no problems with that. But um, yeah, honestly, I reckon it could have been 10. It was... We, we batted them. So it was, but you know, fair play to them to, to keep going and, and get those three goals still in the second half. But yeah, they outscored us in the second half. So little wins. Um, so that was Haaland's uh, third consecutive hat trick as well. He's the first player to do so. So third consecutive hat trick at home, that is. Uh, and the next best, well, the next quickest was 48 games, I think it was. And that was Michael Owen. So pretty impressive there. Anyways, uh, the, the difference is, train. sorry, the difference is there, Mike. Um, Harlan, uh, Owen did that from when he came out of the youth team. So he did have to have a lot of games come up with it. I think Harlan's played like 100 professional matches yeah, at this level. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I still think Harlan's incredible and is going to outweigh Michael Owen in his career. No, fair point, mate. He's winning the Ballon d'Or. It's all good. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll leave that one there because we're going to uh, do that as our game in focus. So we'll touch on that in a bit more detail later. Uh, another game as well, obviously a big, big, big game, um, the North London derby. So Arsenal beat Spurs. So that was a really interesting game. I mean, I was looking at it personally because uh, it was on a good time here. I, I don't know what Spurs were doing really. I, I thought they set up really, really poor, to be honest. I think, you know, an Antonio Conte side is going to sit back a little bit more, but I feel like they invited way too much pressure onto them and Arsenal just really cut them apart quite easily. And obviously... That red card as well didn't help. But, you know, you look at the likes of Son and Kane, they really struggled to to get in the game. So, Gareth, what did, what did you make of the game? Well, I've spoke openly about Spurs' um, front three and how exciting and good I think that they are. But it's just, it's just like they're almost being held back. They, they're not able to, to play 
um, the way that they want to. Obviously, Conte's got a system and it does work. But against the bigger teams, it's just frustrating. Sometimes I feel if, if Spurs went out there and, and attacked Arsenal, I really think that they've got the players to have beaten them. But they just kind of played into Arsenal's hand. And Arteta, look, don't get me wrong, he's doing extremely well. But I don't think he's uh, an amazing manager. But I just think it, it made it so simple, um, Conte, for, for to Arsenal to beat him. So if I was a Spurs fan, I'd be very, very frustrated. And I didn't watch them last night, but I watched a bit of the highlights the night before. But I watched a bit of the highlights, and they missed a lot of chances. Again, they're just, just frustrating the way they played. And, and I've spoke about it before, but Richarlison, he's just woeful. I just don't get it. He is so bad. Richarlison, I think I think he's actually done pretty well, all things considered. Um, I don't think he's worth sixty million, though. That that's definitely for sure. But I think he, I think he's done well. But I, I think as well, they probably miss Kulusevski because for me, he's a much much better player. But then again, he's a different player as well. Um, I was pretty watching this. I mean, it's not either of my teams, but I thought the red card for for Emerson Royale was was pretty soft. I don't know, Michael, have you seen it or? No, I haven't seen the red card back, Mike. No, okay, yeah. It was just, I don't know. I mean, maybe studs up and that that's normally leaving yourself pretty vulnerable, but really soft there. And um, I'll ask you guys about VAR a little bit later on maybe. So um, we'll talk about that then. But yeah, I think, yeah, Gareth, you made some good points. I think um, Spurs really played into Arsenal's hands. And don't get me wrong, Arteta's done a, a great job as well. But, you know, they just kind of, not handed it on a platter, but, just, I think it really helped the way Arsenal wanted to play. And you look at some of those those options up front for Arsenal. So exciting, so young. Martinelli is really good. Saka, Odegaard, Jesus has added that other dimension, as we've already spoken about in other games. And yeah, it was really good to see. Um, do you think you know Antonio Conte's style is suited to the modern game? Um, I, think, I don't know. It's his style works, and he he's shown that he gets results, but. I don't know, like, it's just, if I was a Tottenham fan, it would just frustrate me. Like, I would, I want to be playing nice football. That's just kind of what I'm like. But has he made them better? Yes, he has. Has he improved their squad? Yes, he had. Will they get silverware? The last two games that I've seen, I'd say no. And when it comes to these big teams, I really think Arsenal are doing so well this season, but still they're there for the taking. Like, Really, with like Harry Kane and even Son, like I think he could have changed um, something up to play on. Um, is, is it Gabriel there on the centre? I've not Saliba. Oh, uh, yeah, Gabriel. Yep. Yeah, like target him. Like I just, I think he's still, uh, he's very dodgy. So I'd target him a bit more, do something a bit different. I think they're there for the taking and they just didn't do that. It was just a pretty poor performance. And I think you'd be very, very frustrated being a Tottenham fan. I was looking through Twitter this morning and, um, I saw people calling to bring back Pochettino. So, uh, you know, I wouldn't go that far. I wouldn't go that far, that's for sure. But, uh, yeah, it's an interesting one because I think some of the fans are starting to get in his back now. It's kind of, I think it's one of those styles, and Mourinho is probably the same in that sense where, you know, you probably don't like – it's not nice to watch, but if you're getting the results, no one says anything. But when things aren't really going your way, then people start raising eyebrows and saying, is it too defensive? Is it too negative? So, yeah, look – Probably probably not time for Conte to go, but I think Spurs will have to do much, much better. And obviously utilising, they've got two of the best, um, you know, forwards in the world there. They, they should be using them. So um, anyways, let's talk a little bit lower down in the table. Um, so 
West Ham got a good win against Wolves, and obviously Wolves have have lost their their manager. What what do you make of that? I I personally don't rate Bruno Large, but um, I don't know who they're going to get in now as well. It's going to be an interesting one because they're I think they're in the relegation zone at the moment. So what do you make of that, Gareth? Uh, yeah, they're in a bit of a strange predicament at the moment. There's not really anyone out there that you could bring in that would really excite me. They're probably going to bring in someone unknown that's going to play a, a, an interesting kind of style of football. That seems to be what they do. Um, probably the right move to kind of get rid of him um, because of how poorly he's been doing. But I just I just don't know who they're going to bring in that's going to be any better. I think the treatment of Connor Cody was was quite poor. I think he was probably instrumental in that Wolves side. Um, obviously, they brought Costa in and, and we'll see if he can kind of do anything, but he's not the player he was. So... Yeah, quite worrying if you're a Wolves side. They've really established themselves, again, as a good Premier League side. But it just goes to show that if you don't start well and you're making a few decisions in the background that aren't great, it can be a long, long season. And if you go back down into that championship, it's such a hard league to get out of. Well, whoever the manager is, he's got to be able to speak Portuguese because I think uh, there's 90% of Portuguese in there. Um yeah. And then, yeah, obviously, Michael, what do you reckon about West Ham? Because, you know, they've made a pretty average start as well after a really, really good couple of years. Do you think it's, a, you know, they're going to be on the up now or do you think they've still got a, a bit of work to do? Obviously, Skamaka scored as well for them, so that's positive. Yeah, I, I don't think this is the turning point for them just yet. Um, and I don't believe they're going to reach the same heights as last year. Um, however, I, this could slowly balance them out leading up to the World Cup. Uh, barring getting a few injuries, uh, I think they have more of an upside than teams like Wolves, uh, not Forest at the moment, unfortunately. Uh, so, but I still think they'll end up 12th to 17th, best case. Uh, but I think even maybe lower, unfortunately. It's really hard to balance as well once you do enter that European competition with with smaller squads and, and less resources than say you're like Man Cities and, and whatnot. But yeah, it's an interesting one. And um, speaking of Nottingham Forest again, I was going to touch on Leicester more so than Nottingham Forest, but 4-0 for Leicester. Do you reckon that's that's going to signal a bit of an upturn in form for them or is it just that Nottingham Forest are just that bad at the moment? Yeah, the latter, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, yeah, Leicester looked good, uh, but if most of your goals coming outside the box, that, that's not a good sign. Uh, I think Rogers can wide, ride this wave a little bit. He's a bit that type of manager. Um, and the, the, the likes of uh, Madison, uh, he, he does like a bit of emotion and uh, spurring on his team in that way. Uh, but it, that's not consistent, um, and I don't think they can uh, take that throughout whatever the rest of the 20 um, what 28 games left in this season? Uh, they need to change the core of what they're doing, uh, but that, that that takes a lot of lot of time on the training pitch. Yeah, look. Either way, I think both sides are gonna gonna really sort sort themselves out pretty quickly. Um, I saw. I think Steve Cooper is going to stay by the sounds of it. But obviously, um, we were chatting the other day, you know, in our group chat about uh, who might come in, and Rafa Benitez, his name's been pretty strongly linked. For me, don't rate it because, you know, you look at the way Steve Cooper plays compared to, say, a Rafa Benitez, it's quite different. Um, and it just seems like, you know, maybe they're signing him for the name or, or just to sort of keep them up and be maybe defensively astute. But I don't know, it doesn't really make sense to me. What do you reckon, Gareth? Um, yeah, look, I, I think Rafa's a bit past it for me. 
Um, but he did a fantastic job when he came into Newcastle. Um, didn't really get much help, which I think obviously he would kind of do at Forest. I know they've signed a lot of players, but I'm sure if they wanted more, they could sign more. I don't know, just Steve Cooper. Like I know he's done so well for him, considering where they were when they were bottom of the championship and then to, to bring them up. But he just doesn't strike me as someone that's a Premier League manager, um, to be honest. I'd love to see him turn it around and Forrest go on a bit of a run because obviously we all predict them to be our surprise team. But it's a results-based business and he doesn't have um, like history behind him um, like, say, Brendan Rodgers does in the Premier League or even like a Jurgen Klopp, for example, anyone saying about him potentially getting sacked. So I'd get rid of him and, and try and find someone. Benitez, would he be better? He probably would be better. But, yeah, I just think they're in a bit of trouble at the moment. They need to do something, otherwise it's going to be too late, I think. Yeah, something's got to change pretty quick. I think, you know, whoever comes in, though, it's going to be pretty tough because of how many players they've signed. But, anyways, let's speak about uh, Leicester just very, very quickly because, you know, 4-0, looks like Rodgers might stay. Um, You know, they've obviously got, I think, coming up, they have a pretty, pretty easy run. They've got Bournemouth next. So, you know, looking at that, they probably could, could pick up a few more points and slowly, slowly get up the table because I think that, you know, they're far too good to be relegated. Last podcast, Gareth, you said, um, you know, you, I said they're not really in trouble. I think they'll have enough to stay up and, and get out of it. But you said, oh, they're in a bit of bother. So, um, yeah, obviously a good, good result for them. Um, right, so let's talk about a team closer to both of your hearts because this is another game that I watched. Um, Liverpool versus Brighton. I thought Liverpool were pretty horrid defensively. Um, you know, before Liverpool had actually scored, I think it could have been probably three goal, three nil, easy. So, uh, Michael, I'll ask you first, mate. What do you reckon about the game? What are your thoughts? There's a lot of people saying, um, talking about Trent, I feel like he's a little bit of a scapegoat. Um, I don't think Van Dyke's been great, but I'll get your thoughts. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Trent, uh, he... He's in trouble. He was in trouble until the Champions League game where he scored from a free kick and put the critics uh, in their place a little bit, but um, he was woeful that game. And I'm one of his biggest supporters, asked Gareth. But uh, uh, everything, like you said, uh, if you target the weak side of the Liverpool defence, it is that right-hand side. doesn't matter if it's Canade, Matip, uh, Gomez even. Um, but you don't target the Van Dyke side usually with Robertson. Obviously, Tsimikas played there on the weekend. Um, so everything did come down the opposite side. And Trent, uh, yeah, Klopp blacked him up, said um, he gives him that license to sort of dictate a different position on the pitch. Um, but Liverpool aren't really good on the ball at the moment, and we're turning it over in bad areas. And then there's gaps, and we're getting caught. And because... Uh, if you're the pundits, uh, ex-players, they see Trent out of position. What's your primary role as a defender? Defend. So they're getting into him where I think for Liverpool, um, well, not this year, but for Liverpool, he's obviously much more than that. Um, on a whole, obviously, uh, we came back from 2-0. Uh, Tassad was unbelievable, but he did take his chances. There weren't amazing goals. It was just clinical. Uh, once we hit the lead, uh, I felt like we did need, even though we were in control of the game at that point, did feel like we need another goal because uh, we've shown, obviously, on this year we've been leaking goals. Yeah, and um, 
What are your thoughts, Gareth, on that one? Well, it was woeful. Um, so really, I, I went to when it went two 0 I had a bit of a long drive because I ended up going down south and watched the first twenty odd minutes, and I went to bed. I was like, "This is just woeful." Um, for me, even even the starting lineup a bit confused. I don't know if it's because the Champions League game and stuff like that, but for me, Liverpool's probably their best player this season has been Luis Diaz. Um, I don't know who was playing right back for Brighton, but if I've seen Carvalho playing on the left wing instead of Luis Diaz, I'm going to be very, very happy. Um, Trent Alexander-Arnold, I think, yeah, look, he's, defensively, he's he's not amazing, but he's not as bad as what people said. I spoke in the um, pre-season, like how um, Klopp was playing him in kind of different position. He was going into the midfield, going further forward. So I think, especially on also the Rangers game, he, he changed that again, and he was playing more as, as, a, as a fullback and had a much better game. Um, we've spoke before, but for me, I think the real area where Liverpool are struggling, um, I know you know Nunes up front isn't scoring and stuff like that, but it's midfield. There's just no creativity. Like Fabinho, you know, he's good at what he does. Um, Henderson is just, you know, get the ball past it. And do not get me started on Thiago. Like, find me a more overrated footballer in the world, please. Honestly, like... What does he do? Like, yeah, he brings down a ball, but like, he'll do like a Cruyff turn, pass no one, and pass it sideways, and everyone's like, "Oh my god, Thiago's unbelievable!" Like, I, I can't remember the last he might have scored that one screamer last year. Other than that, I don't remember him scoring a goal. He rarely assists, but then people go, "Oh, but secondary assists, he assists the assists." Like, it's just a load of rubbish. Like, I, I think he's so overrated, and with his injury record as well, yeah. So. He's my he's my scapegoat. If Liverpool are playing badly, I go it's all Thiago's fault. So there we go. There's my two pence. <laughs> I can see Michael shaking his head. He's showing something on the screen. I personally think Thiago's nowhere near. Um, I don't think he gets in City's midfield. Um, personally, um, yeah, I think he he ticks the ball over nicely. He's a good pass of the ball, undoubtedly. But you're right. I think there's just that hype. He he does something a little bit of trickery. You know, he's hit the analog stick on FIFA and he does a little bit of a turn. Um, and then, you know, people go, oh, best midfielder in the world, but he's nowhere near it. Sorry, Michael. But anyways. Um, yeah, you don't win that many trophies across how many clubs, Barcelona, Bayern Munich and Liverpool without being a top midfielder. But yeah, mate, no, mate, you Man- guys are right. Man- 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 it's all good. Man- yeah. Man- yeah. On one. I would also use the same argument where Pep has only won X because he's been with City. Bayern Munich, Barcelona. So, I don't know. Very overrated for me. Well done. We don't manage those players if you're no good. But anyway, so um, let's have a look at the uh, league table here. So just like I did last time, I'll start from – I'll just go top to bottom. We'll look at the um, the top top, uh, six and then we'll just head our way down. So uh, top of the league, still Arsenal. Uh, We've got City in second, Tottenham, Brighton, Chelsea – and then Manchester United just clinging on on 12 points there. Uh, any surprises for you, Michael? Oh, you there, mate? Yeah, sorry, go again. Oh, sorry, sorry, Michael. So we've got the top Must have cut out. Oh, sorry. Top six, Arsenal, City, Tottenham, Brighton, Chelsea and United. Any surprises? Oh, um, not the way they play football, but I thought other teams would be ahead of them would be Brighton. Yeah, I think Brighton's it. And having lost their manager as well. Yeah, I mean, they've started the last couple of seasons like this and they tend to fall away, but obviously a really tough side to beat. And I think, just having a look here, having a quick glance, 
They've got uh, one of the best defences in the league as well, statistically. So that's pretty impressive for a team like Brighton. Um, Gareth, what about you? Yeah, Brighton as well. Um, I, th- I was so impressed. Um, obviously frustrated with how Liverpool play, but I was so impressed with how Brighton play, considering losing their manager. And I know you'd mentioned before, um, Mike, about the new manager bounce. Like For me, I don't think that really happens if your manager leaves. I think that's more if you sack a manager and someone new comes in. So to put in that performance, and you said they could have been 3-0 up. I think if it wasn't for Allison, it would have been 5-0. Um, one thing I didn't touch on as well, though, I'm a massive Allison fan. I think he's probably the best goalkeeper in the Premier League by quite some distance. I think Edison's bang average as well and overrated. Um, but being probably critical, I think he should have saved the second goal and he should have saved the third goal. He's a good enough goalkeeper that he should have saved both of them as well. So still the best, but yeah, look, he should have saved those two goals. But fair play to Brighton. They were fantastic. Yeah, actually, I was thinking that when I was watching, I was like, Allison's keeping you in it um, for, for periods there. But yeah, then he had a couple of sloppy ones. But when you're getting peppered that much, there's only so much you can do. Um, all right, so we'll, we'll go, um, we'll just go just before the relegation zone. So we've got Newcastle, Fulham, uh, Liverpool, <laughs> uh, Brentford, Everton, Leeds, Bournemouth, Villa, West Ham. Southampton and Palace. Uh, I don't know if you boys have seen, actually. Southampton looks like Ralph Hausenhudel. What a name. Uh, he might be on the brink of sack. But is there any other surprises there for you? Newcastle obviously doing quite well. Yeah, no, Newcastle are doing well. Surprise for me. Um, is the Fulham probably a shout? Uh, I, I would have had them uh, <laughs> roles reverse uh, with Knott's Forest, uh, I think, early in discussions. Um, pre-season pod with you boys um, but yeah the, I know Mitrovic is hitting the ground running and the rest of the team actually responded really well but up to eight that that's a decent showing at the moment yeah I think we all had them relegated so um, fair play to Fulham definitely credit where it's due Gareth uh, where did you say Bournemouth were uh, Bournemouth are 13th yeah see I'm shocked like I obviously when Liverpool played them they were woeful so maybe they picked up a bit but for me, they're a relegation team every day of the week. So, fair play to them being 13th. I think I gave them a bit of slack the other week. So, I'll say well done to them. Um, yeah, that's really it. I think the rest of it, Liverpool deserve to be where they where they be. Obviously, it's, it's, if you said at the start of the season, it, it would have been a surprise. But the way they've been playing, and Chelsea as well, they both deserve their league positions. Yeah. Um, speaking of Bournemouth, they haven't lost since the 9-0. They've uh, had three draws and one, one win. So... Um, no, they've done all right since then. Um, and then bottom three, Wolves, Leicester, and Nottingham Forest. Wolves and Leicester, for me, I think they're too good to be in there, but they are where they are. Any surprises, Michael? Yeah, uh, Leicester City. Um, I didn't think they were going to do that well, but definitely thought they were mid-table side. But, well, uh, <laughs> except for the last match, they lost the four previous encounters. Um, yeah, they're not looking too good still. I don't understand why. I, I mean, I, I know a couple of Leicester fans and for some reason that Soyuncu is not starting for him and he's not injured or anything. So that seems like a bit of a strange one as well. Um, Gareth, your thoughts? Yeah, I didn't even know that. I haven't watched Leicester much, but especially with Fafana leaving, I think that is yeah, quite a, quite an interesting thing. Um, yeah, it's, it's just, as I said before, it's so tough. When you start losing games, you can be in trouble very, very quickly. I think the one thing... You know, we give City a lot of slack, and I know that they've got the money to do it. But the one thing they they're doing every season is they're improving. 
And even when you don't think they need to be improved, they sign two fullbacks for 100 million. Um, so that they are always improving their team. I think you've got to do that as well, being a, a lesser side. Obviously, Leicester are a, a massive team. They're probably outside of the big six. They're probably one of the biggest teams in the Premier League. Obviously, them winning the league and, and being so good the last few seasons. But they haven't strengthened for, for some reason. I, I don't know why. Um, and they get hit with it hard. So, yeah, I would hate to see them go because of what they did when they won that, that league. They're a good enough team to be in the Premier League. But, yeah, if you're not winning games, you can get in a rot very, very quickly, just like Liverpool as well. I think it's just a need for fresh ideas and fresh faces and, and just some you know new players to come in and, and push those other players on who have been there for so long. And I think, yeah, you're right. The best teams do, you know, they improve all the time, looking where they, they can get better. And obviously Leicester, I mean, they've, they've done pretty poorly on that respect. So they probably deserve to be where they are. Um, all right, let's have a quick look at the Golden Boot. Um, so we've got Haaland, <laughs> uh, Harry Kane on seven goals. Uh, Mitrovic on six, um, and then Gabriel Jesus and James Madison, oh, sorry, and Trossard on five goals. Um, and then assists, we got De Bruyne, Bernardo Silva, Bukayo Saka, Salah, and then Kulusevski rounding out the top five. And uh, actually, sorry, Harlan's creeped in there as well. Three assists as well. So uh, any surprises there? Any names that caught your eye? Uh, not surprises, but um, the amount of goals Harlan have scored, I think he needs eight or nine goals to equal the golden boot tally from last season, which is it's incredible, isn't it? Um, it's like you, know, you wake up in the morning, check the Champions League, uh, he's just bagged another couple. Um, it's like, when's this machine going to stop? I think uh, with the goalkeeper, who do they verse in, in the Champions League, uh, Mike? Uh, Copenhagen. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I think one of their players asked the keeper, or the keeper asked one of their players, "What well, is, is this guy made of? Like a machine?" Um, he just <laughs> couldn't believe um, his ability. Uh, it's frightening. Yeah, no, he's he's pretty ridiculous. I mean, he didn't touch the ball when his first touch was a goal tonight. So um, he said he wants to score five goals from five touches. Pep said, "Absolutely no way. You're not doing that in my team." But um, you know, I'm I'm not going to complain as long as he keeps scoring. Um, Gareth. Um, I think Mitrovic is a surprise, a, a good surprise. I, I was someone who was questioning, you know, he's, he's been in the Premier League and he hasn't done it before, so can he do it again? So the fact he's scoring goals, I think is fantastic. I, I love Mitrovic. I love what, he, what he's like. I love his attitude and just how he just throws himself at the ball. Um, and then the other one that's um, a bit surprised, the fact that he's not up there is, is Mo Salah. Like, you think mm. about... You know, every single season he's pretty much been at Liverpool. He's been up there. Obviously, they've been playing poorly, um, but he's still the type of player who seems to nick goals all the time. So, I think if he can start scoring and, and Nunes can, you know, find some form, I think hopefully it will turn around for him. Um, yeah, but other than that, not really any surprises. I think all the other names: Harry Kane, Jesus, were kind of expected at the start of the season. Yeah, I mean, Jesus is an interesting one for me because I think. People kind of, I don't know, maybe because he came from City, thought he was better than he actually kind of was. But I think he's done well. Five goals is good. Um, and then probably as well, I think Firmino has been pretty impressive. You know, he had a couple of quiet years. 
I mean, he's not prolific. He, he never really has been, but um, he's sort of picked up as well. And then Tony as well scored quite a few goals. So, now nah, interesting ones there. Um, all right, let's move into the fun stuff, shall we? So, uh, we've got the Perth de la Prem 10 in 10. Has a nice ring to it. So, Michael, um, as I said, this is kind of your idea. The way we did it last time, you know, I don't know if you listened to the last podcast, the dynamic duo of Gareth and I. Um, you know, I asked the question, you have a certain amount of time to answer it. Basically, we want to try to do it in under a minute. Um, but what I've got here, I've got 10 questions, five allocated each. So we'll do it in alternate order. So start with Gareth. We'll go to Michael, Gareth, Michael, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and then, yeah, so pretty much just first thing that comes to your mind. So let me just get these questions up here. So, all right, first one, Gareth. You ready, mate? I'm ready. All right. He's going to get fired up here, I reckon. Now, nah. uh, if not Trent Alexander-Arnold, who is England starting right back at the World Cup? Oh, Kieran Trippier is England starting right back. Yep. Okay, cool. We'll move on then. So, Michael, is it time to stay part... Oh, jeez. Got my tongue tied there. <laughs> uh, is it time to start taking Arsenal seriously after their victory against Spurs? Yeah, 100%. I think they're riding a bit of a wave, uh, but that's enough. Like, we saw Leicester do it, um, and they're, they're in the mix. You guys are too good at this. Rumour has it, Ralph Hausenhudel, as I mentioned, is on the brink of the sack. Do you think that is the right call by the Saints, Gareth? Uh, no, I think he's I think he's done a good job at Southampton. Again, like it's kind of similar to the the Steve Cooper kind of thing. There's not really anyone out there. I don't know. Bring back Pochettino, maybe potentially. I, just, I don't think he's man. I, I I think no. I think stick with him. He's, he's, I think he's a good enough manager to kind of get through. And I don't think they've been that bad. I think they've done all right, all things considered. They signed a lot of inexperienced young players, but they've done okay with them. Um, all right, kind of spoke about this earlier, but I'll ask you again, Michael. Uh, is Antonio Conte's style of play um, suited to win a Premier League one day? Yeah, no, definitely. Um, he, he's a league manager, in my opinion. Uh, he's shown it in Italy, for sure, and in the Premier League. But... Uh, um, I think if he does well enough in the league, that can lead uh, his team onto some cup glory. Uh, but they're not a cup team alone. I think they need that league them uh, to give them that uh, cohesiveness and uh, that togetherness um, to go into different facets of football. All right, good one, mate. Um, and then, Gareth, what changes need to be made to VAR? Is it the technology or is it the implementation? It's it's so hard with VAR because it's it's I think it's a matter of opinion, and I feel like nobody really knows um, what the rulings are because there's so many different rulings. So with like you know the handballs and this and that, I think with VAR like I, the line the offsides is brilliant. I think I really like that because it cuts that out completely, and you know the rest of it is just all it's all about opinions. Like I would like to have the referee being able to actually hear what they're saying. So speaking about, so we can kind of see I'm given a penalty and this is why a bit like what they do in rugby, that might help a bit, but other than the offside kind of bit, I'm not a massive VAR fan, to be honest. I think there's been too many woeful decisions this season, especially, and we're what a couple of seasons in now. So put it in the bin. Put it in the bin. Agreed. Um, okay, Michael, who's winning the Ballon d'Or first Mbappe or Haaland? Haaland. Yeah, I think based on the figures alone this season, 
uh, unless Mbappe, uh, which is very likely, uh, can win the World Cup uh, with France again. Uh, I, uh, and I, I think you need to win that and uh, the Champions League with PSG. Uh, otherwise, I think Harlan, um, individually, regardless of what City win, the numbers alone uh, will, will get him that um, golden ball. Okay. And are City going to run away with the league this season, Gareth? Um. I, I don't think they will, but no, like I, I don't think I don't think they will. I think they will. I still think they'll win it fairly comfortably. I think in the preseason, I said that they, Liverpool would finish at least ten points behind the leaders. I know Arsenal leading at the moment, but it could could be even more than that. Um, I, I think they'll win with three or four games to go. Okay. Um, and then, Michael, we kind of already touched on this one a little bit as well. Would Rafa Benitez be a good managerial appointment for Nottingham Forest? Yeah, uh, I think he would. I think he would only, though, this season. Uh, yeah, um, short-term, like a relegation manager to bring the side back up. Uh, when he went with Newcastle, got relegated. He did bring them back up, uh, but I think that's where it stops with him in the modern-day era. Okay. And last one. Don't know if you saw this, Gareth. <clears throat> Jesse Marsh, <clears throat> oh, pardon me, was complaining about how Villa slowed the game down. So he said, Villa slowed the game down. We had two or three um, opponents previously who want to come here and just waste time, kick the ball out, you know, not really play. We don't want to see the game at a snail's pace. Do you reckon he's right to complain about Aston Villa and how they set up? Um, I think that's similar mm-hmm. to the Jurgen Klopp kind of blaming the pitch kind of excuses yeah you're gonna get a lot of people kind of laughing at you there i mean that's just football it's it's frustrating isn't it like we'd all we'd all love for players not to blast the ball out and and waste a bit of time but that's just football it's it's never going to change so you just got to get on with it yeah definitely all right that wraps up the 10 and 10 so now on to the, the next one here. So we've got the Perth de la Prem quiz. All right. So again, Michael, same sort of thing. We'll just keep it nice, short and sharp. Um, 10 questions, testing your Premier League knowledge. Now, I'm going to, I'd have to nickname Gareth the Encyclopedia after last week or either that <laughs> or my, my quiz questions need a bit of a review. Um, do we press a buzzer, Mike, to come in or do you uh, pose a question to each of us? So the way it's going to work is I've, I've just got 10 questions here. You can pick a number. Um, and then you'll just get that question, too bad, so sad. So you're getting a bit of uh, going in blind, as Gareth likes to call it. Um, so the way I did it today, though, I kind of tried to make it a little bit harder. Um, I've split it into two different parts. Uh, so I've got kind of five general knowledge questions, and then I have five who am I questions. So I'll give you a little bit of their background, and you've got to kind of guess who they are. So it's going to get hard. It's going to get difficult. I thought Gareth made it too easy last time. Um, all right, Gareth, you can go first, mate. He looks happy about that. I, I, I did. A, there was a Who Am I? Uh, I don't know if you saw it where um, it was Mo Salah and Mike, Micah Richards and Jamie Carragher were trying to do it, and I had no clue. And they didn't either, and it's Mo Salah, and I was like, it was so obvious. So I'm terrible at <laughs> them. Uh, we'll stick yeah. with even numbers because they did me well last week. We'll go number four, my playing number. Okay, uh, this should be a pretty – I think it's an easy one. Who has the most headed goals in Premier League history? Peter Crouch. Yeah, big Crouchy, six foot seven. No surprise. Um, all right, one point to Gareth. Michael. <laughs> uh, number seven. 
Oh, he's picked the who am I. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, well, this one could be difficult. All right, so I'm English. I no longer play, but recently retired probably about five years ago. He was described as bursting onto the scene with Manchester City prior to the takeover. I had a loan spell in Italy before coming back to England. <clears throat> this is a hard one. I can give you a hint if you get stuck. I can be well off here. Delph? Um, uh, is he no, even English? He, he did. <laughs> okay, so he's English. Um, he played for a team. I think him and Delph might have actually been in the same team at one point, but not at City. Ooh. Played uh, right back and centre back. Nah, I'm blank. Help me out. Gareth? Micah Richards. Yep, Micah Richards. Ah, there you go. You brought his name up before as well. <laughs> yeah, I thought that would be a tough one, but I wanted to make this hard for you. And then for the people listening, as I'll scratch the brains a little bit there. Um, all right, so number four and number seven are gone. Gareth is on two points. It's two nil up, just like Brighton were. Um, pick a number. Um, well, I reckon, you're, I reckon you've gone all the who am I towards the end, so I'm going to stay with um, the lower number, so number two. Uh, now you got to who am I, mate? So, all right. So, (laughs) I'm French. I had a couple of moves before I came to the Premier League, and I started my career at Monaco before moving to Juventus. He's like a Premier. He's a Premier League legend. Monaco. You can take it if you want. I'm terrible with these who am I. I could be definitely off. Is it Robert Pires? Nope. Oh, okay. He, he was a... Do you want to know his position? Yeah. Okay, so he he did... Um, he played on the wing. He also played up front. And he played oh. for Arsenal. Well, it's not... It's not. But Henri was at Monaco. I don't remember if he entered. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't a... Nah, it wasn't a Nelka, was it? No. You might have already said it, mate. It was Henri. Henri, oh, really? I, that's why I, I went to Pires. I can't be Henri. He didn't play at the Juve, did he? I knew he played at um, Monaco. I checked it this morning, boys, but um, I'll double check. Well, if you said Monaco, Barcelona, like I would have been like, yes, I know it's Henri. Yeah. Trying to make it hard. He played at Juventus, yep, for just one season. Oh, wow. See, I never even knew that. So that threw me off completely. So, yeah. No. Juve. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Rumour has it. Michael's scrapping the, the who am I's next time. Um, <laughs> uh, okay, Michael, go on then, mate. Number five. Number five. Okie dokie. The Battle of the Bridge took place between Chelsea and which other club? Think about London-based teams here. Battle of the Bridge. Let me go Spurs. Yep. Uh, you're on the board, mate. 3-1. Yep. Three one, two one. Do the math, mate. No, not a math teacher, mate. Um, all right, Gareth. Uh, I don't even know. Number nine that hasn't been taken. I don't believe. Number nine. Okie dokie. You love the who am I's, don't you? No, I, I despise them. <laughs> he despises them. All right, I was seen as the heir apparent to Thierry Henry, actually. I was known for my pace, but maybe not my end product. I started at Southampton. I'm also English. 
Oh, Theo Walker. Yeah, good one, mate. Nice one. Okie dokie, Michael. Number one. All righty. Uh, Phil Foden scored a hat-trick in the Manchester derby. Got to keep it relevant, mate. Who was the last Englishman to score for Manchester City in a derby? Now, I'll give you a hint. This person is still an active player, but no longer plays for Manchester City. Uh, I'm going to say James Milner. Oh, on to it, mate. Good work. Yeah, James Milner. Correct. I was literally, I was what I was going to say before you even said that, so that's good. Good, good little steal. Uh, all right, Gareth. Uh, 10, I think, hasn't been said. All right, lucky you escaped the who am I this time, mate. Um, all right, what object left on the pitch deflected the ball into the net fo- following? Da- <laughs> oh, shit. All right, the, encyclop- the encyclopedia is back. Yeah, no, I think everyone would have got that. Yeah, it's pretty memorable. Um, Okie dokie. So there are, there is one general knowledge question left, and there is one who am I question left. So pick wisely, Michael. Uh, who am I? I would be nice to Gareth. Oh, all right. This one, I don't know. I mean, I remember this player pretty vividly, like, as my first sort of recollections of football. Um, so this player is Nigerian, or he wasn't, well, he was a player, sorry. Um, he was an attacking midfielder, JJ Cotchon. Oh, he's on yeah. foot, mate. Good one, easy. That was an easy one. Cool. Um, all right, Gareth. What the scores? Have I won yet? Or no? So it's four two, I think. Must oh, be. Oh no, must... four three. Oh, Gareth. Uh, Michael's counting. I got to focus on the question, boys. Uh, wow. All right. Gotta get this. Quiz, quiz master can't score apparently. Um, all right, go on, Michael. What one do you want? So he just went. He did the. Yeah, it's Gareth. Oh, turn, okay. Right? I can, get, I can have another go if you like. Oh, shit. What am I on about, mate? Um, Gareth, go and pick one. We've got one one of each left, so. Oh, um, I don't know. I'll, I'll go, I'll go uh, who am I? Okay. I'm an English icon. I played abroad, but I played in the Premier League for 11 years before moving abroad. David Beckham? Yep, that's the one. Nice one. All right, Michael, last one, mate. Go for it. Who was the first player to score five goals in a single game in the Premier League? First ever player? Yeah, or yeah, first player to score five goals in a single Premier League game. Oh, I don't know. I think this person had, but Berbatov? No. He scored four. Um, he played. He, he did play for Manchester United, so uh, I'll hand that one over to Gareth. Oh, so uh, Andy Carr? Yeah, Andy Cole. That's the one. All right. So I think Gareth was the uh, the winner there of the Perth De La Prem quiz. All right. The encyclopedia himself. Going to have to change that name. Um, all right, boys. So going to wrap things up now. Is there anything else you'd like to add before we, we wrap it up? No. No? Good, Michael? Yeah, all good. All good. All right. So uh, – Thank you for listening to the Perth De La Prem podcast. Make sure you check out all our social media platforms, which you can find on Linktree, all in the one spot, linktr.ee forward slash Perth De La Prem, or you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and all the usual podcasting platforms, all on the same handle, Perth De La Prem. If you'd like to support the show and help with the running costs of it all, 
and help us, you know, do do some more, you know, amazing things like 10 and 10 Perth Dollar Prem quiz. Uh, you can click the Patreon link in the description of this podcast for as little as $3 a month, which works out to about £1.50, I think. Uh, make sure you keep out for our next episode, The Game in Focus. And actually, this week, we're going to be doing two Game in Focuses. So, uh, they'll be released shortly after this one. So don't forget to send your questions into DM Della Prem.